It's time for What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Morena, Prime Minister, how are you this morning? Morena, not too bad, thank you. Uh, welcome back from your trip overseas. This is your first one that you've done since the start of the pandemic. I'm interested to hear about uh, what felt significant from that for you. I know that you've said one of the most significant outcomes was the extended face-to-face time you had with the Prime Ministers of Japan and Singapore. What were you discussing with them? Yeah, so look, aside from, of course, one of the primary reasons for the visit into those markets, given they're really important trading partners for us, was you know, bringing with us a trade delegation, making those connections again. Uh, Japan, for in particular, um, with the only really recent um, uh, uh, actions around the CPTPP, that now is a really important trading market for us with lots of opportunities. So that was that was a big central piece of, of that trip. Um, with the leaders, as you can expect, uh, a lot of conversation around what the war in Ukraine means mm-hmm. for the world, uh, what, it, what it means in, in our region, what work we're all doing to make sure we're playing our part with the threat it poses to... Um, to really democracy uh, or just territorial integrity for nations, uh, and just about the um, the region itself uh, and some of the increased uh, assertiveness that we see in our own region as well. In that vein, do you think it advanced mm. conversations about, uh, I guess, security interests for these countries, particularly in this kind of South Pacific area? Well, look, for each, I mean, gosh, with the histories and the relationships... Uh, every every um, country will have a particular focus um, uh, for them. I mean, for Japan, I mean, the North Korea uh, uh, is a, a very genuine and, and looming risk. Uh, you know, for for Singapore, uh, you know, a nation that has in recent history uh, experienced um, uh, an invasion and loss of sovereignty. It's it's you know, this is. This is very recent history for for many. And so for these conversations, that will be the backdrop of them. But also looking to our own region, uh, we're still very focused on what we can do to support one another um, and the importance of those strong relationships. Well, it's definitely interesting to to be opening back up to the world. Obviously, we've also got international tourists coming back now. But I, I want to talk a bit about the budget because we did see yesterday from Grant Robertson the pre-budget speech. Uh, health and climate are going to be central to the next budget. What are the issues that uh, your government's going to be specifically focused on in these areas? Well, I think for, as you've already indicated, we've seen climate and health are really central for the budget. Uh, and for, for for really clear reasons, health, we've seen the impacts, uh, you know, pre-pandemic of a health system that is not operating as uh, effectively as it could and where you get variation in your care depending on who you are and where you are. And, and I think no one in New Zealand wants a health system that operates like that. So we've needed reform for a long time. You've seen us already embark on that. Uh, and so there we're looking to, to continue the work we need to do on our health system. For, for climate, look, it's only been in recent days. We've seen the extraordinary uh, uh, impact of, of climate and uh, climate change in New Zealand. And we have two jobs. One is to make sure we're doing all we can to mitigate the impacts of climate uh, change here and reduce those impacts, but also to adapt. So the emissions reduction plan, we are very close to um, releasing. And so alongside that, as you'd expect, we need to invest uh, in adaptation and mitigation. 
You've also said this week that you're not going to discuss wealth tax, but will there ever be a situation in which you might revisit a tax on home ownership? Oh, look, that that is not um, part of uh, the policy we have, nor is that part of any policy work we're doing. And so all I've reiterated is, is that, and that's been our position since 2020. What we have done in that space, though, because I'd be loath for anyone to, to think, of course, that we haven't, um, done work in this area and one of the most significant changes that we've made and has been acknowledged as being significant by those who who work and operate in this area was the removal of interest deductibility, the extension of the Bright Line test um, for uh, uh, addressing issues within our housing market. Uh, and you'll see now, for a host of reasons, there are predictions that we will see uh, house prices um, plateau and uh, and also come away um, to a certain degree uh, over over the next couple of years. Would your government consider easing tax rates for the lowest income earners? Well, we've already put in place our, our tax policy for um, for this for this term. But what you see within that is where our priorities are. So we put in that new top tax rate um, for those for income earned uh, one hundred eighty thousand and over. But at the same time, uh, we have also used our, uh, our tax credit system, so working for families, to also increase the amounts that are received by families in lower incomes. So we have these tools in New Zealand that are, are really well targeted that can help us lift the incomes of, of those um, in those lower brackets. So we've increased the family tax credit. We brought in an extra um, uh, tax credit system called Best Start. Um, we brought in the winter energy payment. These are all really targeted ways that we can do something very similar um, for, for those on low incomes. Well, one of the other things that Grant Robertson mentioned uh, yesterday was trying to have a focus on higher wages across the board. How is this going to be achieved? Uh, well, that um, as a government has been a focus for us since we we came into office, and there's a couple of there's a couple of ways that you can achieve that. First, there's the really obvious one of just in continuing to increase the minimum wage, which we have. The second is we're an employer too, and we're a large one, so making sure that we are seeing those income um, increases and actually often. Uh, uh, addressing what will be long-standing pay issues in uh, sectors like, for instance, nursing. So there we've seen in some areas up to 25% increase in income since we've come into to office um, for for some nurses. Uh, then uh, the other way is by making sure that we just have a, uh, a, a system in New Zealand that ensures that we have, you know, terms and conditions that... Uh, are fair uh, and we don't see a race to the bottom in the way that terms and conditions are treated in our more vulnerable sectors and that's where things like fair pay agreements play a role. So those are a few examples but actually the proof is in um, the proof is in the pudding. Other than this year we have had wage growth outstrip increases in the cost of living. We just happen to be in a very difficult part of the cycle globally. Well, let's talk about Three Waters because that's also been an ongoing big conversation in the last couple of months. There seems to be two main tensions at the moment. The first is a concern that there's not going to be enough local public accountability. How do you respond to this? I know we've come to this before, but it's still a big issue here. What What is the response to this concern? Yeah, and so we've we've heard that um, that concern, and it's certainly, you know, a goal here is is not to remove local voice. You know, there's that's that 
needs to be an incredibly important part of the way we run this, uh, well, the way that water infrastructure is run in the future. Um, the issue becomes that in order to make sure that, A, we have the investment we need in infrastructure, and I think no one's arguing that that's not required. We have a situation in New mm -hmm. Zealand where tens of thousands of New Zealanders get sick every year because of their water, and where we haven't um, improved our infrastructure, and it's contributed to our housing crisis. So I think everyone agrees we need to do things differently. And all of the expert advice that we brought in, including um, international uh, advice, recommended that we needed to reduce down the number of um, entities we operate in New Zealand managing that infrastructure down to four. And so when you do that, that makes it you know, much more difficult to get that uh, same level across the country of that same uh, uh, number of representatives from every single council. So the proposal uh, we said to a governance group, we set up a governance group of those who had concerns around the way we were, the way it was proposed to structure the representation, and said, "Look, how what would you recommend?" We've accepted um, many of those recommendations. So really quickly, you'll have council and mana whenua on regional representative groups, but you'll also have local subgroups that are all feeding into, you know, the priorities they want to see for water infrastructure. Running the entities day-to-day, -day, though, has to be competency-based, so that the people running them day-to-day -day will have the experience in water infrastructure. The other big tension around Three Waters seems to come back to this conversation about co-governance, uh, now or a tatiriti-based framework that might underpin the management of water and also other, um, I guess, assets as well. Uh, we've seen huge resistance from the opposition to any concept of co-governance. They've been very firm on that. What does co-governance look like to you, particularly in the context of yeah. Three Waters? Yeah, so actually we've got lots of examples of where this is already um, uh, part of, in particular, uh, local government. And so I think that's one of the reasons uh, that local government themselves have been supportive. So uh, LGNZ, I, I have frequent conversations with um, uh, local government about these arrangements, and they have supported what's been proposed. In fact, as I said, when we got together those who had concerns about some of the proposals and said to them, look, please go away and tell us what, what you would like to alter. Um, uh, those arrangements weren't part of what they said they would change. But let's actually focus on where it's applying here. All we're saying is that for the regional representative groups who sit above each of the water entities, who have a role in establishing the statement of intent and the priorities for the water infrastructure and appointing those who will run the assets day to day, that is where we have councils sitting alongside Mana Whenua. The day-to-day -day operation uh, will sit with those who have experience in water infrastructure management. The ownership sits with council. And so that's, that's you know, the way that these are intended to be structured. And you know, as I say, those who day-to-day -day are working already with arrangements like this are all supportive. So how do you read the opposition's conversation about co-governance at the moment? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I just look back to when the National Party, for instance, were last in office. They themselves actually um, established a range of different examples where you have similar management regimes. So it strikes me that in government they haven't had this issue. <laughs> and so, look, our focus has to be on making sure that we stick to what is, in, what is really important here. We need to change the way we are managing water infrastructure in New Zealand. It may not have been what we all uh, campaigned on or were centrally focused on when we either came into politics or got involved in the last election, but there are some issues that you just cannot put off. This has been delayed for decades. 
it is having an impact on people's day-to-day lives. We need to fix it, and these are the best solutions that we've been able to formulate alongside um, others. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Prime Minister. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Take care. Thank you. Thanks very much. That was What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern.